2: the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host Scott Skolbrandson and Mo Moten.
0: Welcome back, home stretch here on Silver and Black today at Odyssey Original Podcast, heard on the radio in Las Vegas, of course, in city, the city of lights, whatever you want to call it. Thanks for listening to us on the air there as well. Scott Skolbrandson, Mo Moten, back with you. And for this final segment of the show, we have a special guest with us that is Jarrett Bailey, USA Today, also the Steel Curtain. Ooh, yeah, the 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 the. Site covering the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, and the Raiders and Steelers have such a great history, and we wanted to come on. I have him come on and talk about the Steelers. Jared, thanks for being with us, man. We appreciate it.
1: Oh, I appreciate the invite, boys. Um, Raiders Week is always a very stressful one. Uh, as <laughs> as a young Steelers fan, that is, uh, this is a game that should not be taken for granted. So I'm looking forward to talking about it.
0: All right. Well, let's jump in because one of the things I t- and I have to admit, I I got suckered in. I bought in, and I'm not saying. It's not going to happen, but a lot of expectations around the Steelers team. I got a, There was a lot of national media love, which I'm sure for you, growing up a Steelers fan, made you feel pretty good about it, uh, <laughs> and Mo was one of those guys who perpetuated it. A- and then they come out, have some injuries, obviously, on the defensive line, and then Kenny Pickett has been up and down. He hasn't been, uh, the offense hasn't done what people thought. In fact, it's just not been very good. Uh, But that Steelers core of that defense is keeping it. We saw it against the Browns. We saw what they were able to do. Talk about the expectations coming in. Were they realistically, and they're just so far in the early sample size, not living up to it? Or do you think that the expectations are just right? uh, or, Or maybe we're just a little overplayed?
1: Yeah, I mean, the expectations nationally that you talked about, I think they didn't really start until like, like June, July, like right before training camp. Um, but I was one of those people who, you know, as a Steelers fan, I'd like to think that I've got a decent level head about the team. Um, but coming in, I mean, you look at all the changes that they made Um, And the additions that they made to the roster, you know, looking at, you know, okay, they won nine games last year. You add a Darnell Washington. um, You bring in Patrick Peterson. You bring in a bunch of new linebackers, a Cole Holcomb and a Landon Roberts. And you bring in Quan Alexander in the preseason. And you look at all that and you say, okay, nine, nine wins last year. If Pickett can take a little bit of a jump forward, then, yeah, this should be, you know, a, a 10, 11 win team. And then they come out week one and lay the goose egg that they did, which Mm. by the way, for those who don't know, the largest home opening loss in the Mike Tomlin era did the Steelers have in week one. So it wasn't a good start. And now, yeah, they're one and one now, but they did their best to lose on Monday night. But Deshaun Watson said, alas, not old front. Allow me. (laughs) I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold the loss this week. So yeah, the the expectations were certainly high, and with Mike Tomlin coach teams, they usually are. But yeah, man, the to say that it's been disappointing so far would be a uh, it would be what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? It would be putting it very lightly,
2: Jarrett. Without yelling fire, Matt Canada with your hair on fire. <laughs> could you tell me? <laughs> could you tell me what is the issue with the Steelers' offense? That Kenny Pickett going into his second year, you're expecting growth. You have these weapons, even without Deontay Johnson, as you said, you bring in Darnell Washington, you have Pat fryer move. you have George Pickens, who's one of my favorites. You have Jalen Warren come out of the backfield, Najee Harris. If you were the offensive coordinator, what would you fix? What are the tweaks that you would make to the Steelers offense to, to make it productive or efficient?
1: I know you told me not to say Matt Canada, but like (laughs) you just ran through such a talented group offensively. (laughs) And it's hard not to say, yeah, the offensive coordinator is a big problem. And he is. Um, I will say this, though. People and Steelers fans are very quick, like you said, to be like, oh, Matt Canada is the only issue. Week one was not on Matt Canada. Uh, It was more on Kenny Pickett than anything. He's. Not making the throws that he needs to make. Week one, he had like Deontay Johnson was visibly irritated on the field. Week one, and for good reason because uh, mm-hmm. on a third and eight early in the game, Pickett sailed a pass on him when he was open over the middle. And then in the red zone, when they finally got a drive going, when they were down twenty at the end of the first half, uh, Deontay runs a slant that if he catches, he walks into the end zone. Which, by the way, didn't have a touchdown last year. Deontay Johnson did not. So I think he's just kind of keen. On getting a touchdown pickett throws it behind him and like Deontay just like looks down at his hand and looks back up at kenny pickett like <laughs> really you, you couldn't hit me on that one so pickett has been pickett has been the biggest issue through two games like yes matt canada's play calling isn't good and it's hilarious too because like luke getsy of the bears has been a focus of like really bad play calling those two have like polar opposite philosophies is what i've noticed is like Getze is like, okay, everybody go deep, let this play develop, and Justin uncork it. Matt Cannon is like, if you guys run past eight yards, you're not getting the ball (laughs) thrown to you. We're not doing that. So a lot of it, too, is the lack of explosiveness, and any sort of explosiveness that there is in the offense is a catch and run where, okay, it's going to be like a nine-yard pass, and then George Pickens is going to run at 70 additional yards. It's not going to be a bomb downfield, which is disappointing considering what we saw in the preseason. They look to get a little bit more aggressive where – especially in the finale against Atlanta. Um, there was a drive with Pickett. He threw a 30-yard pass to Deontay Johnson, then a 35-yard pass to George Pickens. I think that's where a lot of the optimism of the offense getting better came in, and we haven't really seen that so far. So the offensive line also needs to be better in terms of opening up things in the run game because they still can't run the ball, which was something that was supposed to be fixed when they brought in Isaac Samalo. They drafted Broderick Jones, who hasn't really seen the field too much yet. I think that's going to change very soon because Dan Moore hasn't been good. Um, there there's a multitude of things that have gone wrong and it's a, really most of it based over the past few seasons that steelers fans have been accustomed to things things are just repeating and not getting better
0: yeah interesting there too because like i said you know for for those of us who don't cover or follow the steelers closely we kind of you pick up stuff from from other sport or other parts of the country right or other coverage and and yeah, the offense, the, the expectations around the offense. Now we switch to the defensive side. Obviously, Cam Hayward out uh, and that hurts. What are they doing up front? They, they look good against Cleveland for the most part, I thought. And um, this Raiders team is not moving the ball on offense either. So you look at these two teams, they're they're both in the basement in the NFL when it comes to uh, moving the ball and, and scoring on offense. Uh, what are they doing on defense? That's been effective. What do they get better at soon?
1: In terms of what's been good defensively, it's been what everybody expects to be good. T.J. Watt is really good at football, and Alex Smith, (laughs) or Alex Highsmith, had a really nice game on Monday night. Where the first play from scrimmage, he has the pick six, and then he has the strip sack that T.J. recovers uh, for the eventual game-winning touchdown. So. The usual suspects that you expect to be good have been really good. Um, Minkovitz Patrick hasn't really made a ton of splash plays yet, but he's been where he needs to be, and he's been the only part of the secondary that's been good. Because you look at Patrick Peterson for two games, he hasn't been good. Levi Wallace, he hasn't been good. Um, Now, what I would like to see is the fact that you drafted Joey Porter basically with a first-round pick. It was a 32nd overall pick. Start using him. Because in the limited time that he's been on the field, he's made plays. He had two PBUs against Cleveland, one on the first drive, one on the last play for the Browns that sealed the deal. Why is he not seeing the field more? Uh if we don't see him more in week three, I'm gonna have a lot of questions about what is taking so long. Um and I think that's in terms of fans that get on Mike Tomlin a lot, I'm not one of these people who's like, I'll fire Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a top three coach in the NFL. What fans do get right about Tomlin though is that he waits too long to make any sort of meaningful adjustments. And you look at what they have defensively right now where, okay, Levi Wallace through two games has proven that he probably shouldn't be the, you know, predominant CB2 on this team right now. And from what we've seen so far, maybe Patrick Peterson could go for a bump inside to the slot. Find a way to get Joey Porter Jr. on the field more because in his limited, in his limited snaps, he's played really well. Um, And then up front, we've seen like DeMarvin Liao stepped up really well uh, in the absence of Cam Hayward, uh, rookie Nick Erbig. Uh, got in as well in the pass rush, Marcus Golden. Like they have a lot of depth up front, which is a, a heck of a lot more than they've been able to say in recent memory. Um, so I think adding guys like that, and, you know, I brought up the linebackers earlier where Alandon uh, Roberts made a few really nice plays in the run game. Cole Holcomb has been a nice addition. And then Quan Alexander has also been playing well. So they've got guys, uh, but Larry Ogan too, I can't go without saying he had his best game as a Steeler on Monday night. And he's basically playing on like one and a half feet because he's been dealing with a foot injury. So, they had guys step up when they really needed to. Um, but the secondary, especially the cornerbacks, those have been the, the the biggest issues.
2: You kind of answered it, but I'll I'll ask you this directly because you you, you mentioned came Hayward being out. I read articles where Steelers were saying unleash Joey Porter jr. So you're not the only one saying it, but if you're, if you're, if you're on the opposite sideline, if you're the Raiders offense, if you're Josh McDaniels, where are you attacking the Steelers defense right away from the jump? Is it running up the middle because Cam Hayward is not there? Or are you going deep and going after the secondary?
1: I'm running on them until like they prove that they can stop it because through two weeks they haven't been able to stop it. Christian McCaffrey averaged seven yards a carry. They, and the Browns just ran for what a buck ninety-five on them. They mm-hmm. haven't been good at stopping the run. So until now, I think they would have been a lot more successful had, you know, the unfortunate injury to Nick Chubb not happened because they were having success running the ball. Um, so if I'm the Raiders, I'm pounding the ball to Josh Jacobs and I'm saying, all right, Pittsburgh, stop us. And if you can tip the cap and you try to find another way to, to go about it, uh, the Steelers tend to play a lot of really soft coverages and that leads to a lot of, you know, intermediate throws, short throws that wouldn't go for much yardage. But when you're throwing for six yards, a clip, that's constantly moving the chains, establishing long drives. And if anybody can is good at doing that as Josh McDaniels. So I think that this both, both of these matchups really favor the Raiders this week, and that's why, as a Steelers fan, I'm not looking forward to Sunday night because I feel like he's going to... I'm not a fan of Josh McDaniels, the head coach, but Josh McDaniels, the offensive mind, knows what he's doing. And he's. I promise you, there are going to be fans that are so cocky about this game. Like, oh, it's the Raiders. They just lost <laughs> by four touchdowns. Who cares? Well, they're, they're going to find out very soon that the Raiders are a bad matchup for the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because you you, you talked about Josh McDaniels and his offensive prowess. Uh, you might want to spend some time on 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 Twitter with Raider fans because they will tell you the opposite of that based on what's Jeez. happening. But that's just the fan. That's just fans. You know, hey, that's the way you feel when your team's not doing well. But we know for the Raiders, Jarrett, that this game it's the home opener. It's Sunday night football. Uh, nobody wants to start one and three. Okay, nobody wants to start zero and three. Nobody wants to start one and three. Uh, coming into this, excuse me, one and two coming into this game. When you see this game uh, for the Steelers, how important is it for them to win this game early on to set a pace, especially if they can get some more offensive success?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's important because you look at who they have after this. I mean, they got Houston on the road after this, which is a winnable game and a game that they should win. So, I mean, if you're the Steelers and you can bounce back from a bad week one performance and win three straight, you're feeling pretty good. Uh, they got an early buy. Their bye week this week this year is week six. Um, but you look at how everybody else in this division is performing right now. Cleveland doesn't look good. The Bengals are off to their second straight slow start, and Burrows dealing with that calf injury. Baltimore they didn't look good week one. Like yes, they won. They won twenty five to nine, but Lamar had a QBR of thirteen in that game, and he played better against Cincinnati, but. I don't want to say put an asterisk on it because I know that's been, for some reason, a really popular (laughs) phrase this season already. Um, But I I want to see the Ravens and Lamar and this new system with Todd Monk and, you know, keep uh, I don't want it to just be a one game thing. I want to keep seeing it prolonged to really believe in the fact, Okay, this Todd Monk thing can work. Baltimore, by the way, already already dealing with a ton of injuries. Where their secondary is really injured. Odell Beckham is already dealing with an injury. J.K. Dobbins is gone. So the division's still really wide open. And if you're the Steelers and you can get off to a three and one start, that you're you're in a really good spot, especially going forward. They don't have that difficult of a schedule. I think their most difficult game remaining would be against Jacksonville, and that game is at home. So they have that benefit uh, for them. But. In terms of the division, it's still wide open. And if you can get off to a three and one start, you're in a very good spot.
0: Yeah, the division I so, thought was going to be one of the best. Sorry, Mo for stepping on you there, but so, I thought it was gonna be one of the best. And now you look at yeah, what's going on in the division, it's it's so crazy. We knew it would be competitive, we just thought it would be for different reasons. Mo, go ahead.
1: Passion, drive, and patience.
2: So, so piggybacking off that, I know the history fact is out there. I, I've said it on my Bleach Report lives. So the Steelers haven't gone on the road to beat the Raiders since 1995, right? Pickett wasn't even born yet. so I wasn't knowing, even born yet. <laughs> you weren't even born <laughs> yet. So <laughs> I was about nine years old. I'm old. Okay. But yeah, I mean, looking at that fact, I know some people don't take those things into heavy consideration because obviously teams change. But, you know, there, there were some good Ben Roethlisberger teams that couldn't get the job done. But knowing that fact and knowing the history... Are you panicking if if the Steelers lose this game? Is it is it man overboard? Hit the panic button right now, or is it as you just said a, a few moments ago, the Steelers just don't match up well against the Raiders? I, you didn't expect the win here.
1: I think it depends on if they lose, if they're at least competitive, the offense takes you know, it looks better. I don't think that's a panic button. If they go out and it's you know a twenty-seven to six loss or something of that nature, where the Steelers' offense is just as bad as it's ever looked. If Tomlin doesn't come out Monday and say Matt Canada is no longer our offensive coordinator, (laughs) then people are going to be pissed, man. I'm going to be one of them. So context definitely matters when it comes to the loss, assuming, you know, in this world, if we're assuming that they do lose, it just depends on how, if it's like a shootout and it's 34, 31, I think you can kind of live with that because I think some fans just want to see that they can hang in shootouts. It doesn't matter who it's against. Yeah. Um, but if it's just an embarrassing loss again to a team that, you know, I don't want to make it sound like the Steelers are some high and mighty team, but a Raiders team that I don't have a lot of expectations for this season, the Steelers can't take them lightly because the Steelers aren't good either. <laughs> and if they, <laughs> and if they do and they get blown out, then yes, I think it'll be time to hit the panic button because that means that, okay, in two out of three games, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. And that's not a good sign.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jarrett, we appreciate you being with us, talking a little bit about the Steelers. You can follow Jarrett on x.com at jbaileynfl. Also catch his work up on Behind the Steel Curtain, where he writes about the Steelers. Well, listen, man, good luck to you. Hopefully have you on down the road, uh, talk some more NFL football as the season rolls on.
1: Absolutely, boys. Cheers. Appreciate it.
0: All right. There you go. Great great having Jarrett on. Uh, great follow, by the way, on X.com, so make sure you do that. Yeah. Always in tune with, with, with everything, really, in the NFL, not just the Steelers. He talked about the Steelers because it's close to his heart, but uh, we certainly appreciate him coming on. Uh, Mo, how do you see this coming out, man, this game coming out? Because I think fans, you know, it's the home opener. They want to start off well. They want to start off with a win at home, and I think it's important for the Raiders to start off with a win at home Um, and I just think it's a toss up. I think the Raiders could easily win the game. I think the Raiders could easily lose the game. I think it's going to be a close one.
2: I think these teams are evenly matched. I know Raider fans are going to say the Steelers have a much better defense and they do. But I think the Raiders on paper, when you look at the names on the back of the jerseys have a better offense actively. Are you taking Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs or are you taking George Pickens and Najee Harris? I'm taking Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams (laughs) every day of the week. Now you have to get the ball to Devonta Adams. You have to open up running lanes for Josh Jacobs for those guys to be effective. So I think it's a matter of it's going to boil down to which offensive line plays better. I know people want to focus on the Steelers defense and can the Raiders force turnovers with their defense, but. Jared just talked about it. The offensive line for the Steelers hasn't played well. The Raiders offensive line pass blocks well. Run blocking. You know, so it's going to – I think it's going to be one of those muddied up games where it's low scoring. On my Bleacher Report uh, betting column, I have the Raiders winning 23-20. So I have the Raiders covering their 2.5-point spread at the time from DraftKings. And I have them winning straight up. So, I, like Jared just said, the Raiders could be a bad matchup for this Steelers team. And I, I, I'll go as far as to say not that I expect the win. But I expect the Raiders to play well against the Steelers.
0: Yeah, and I like like the Raiders in a close one, too. Uh, I'm not going to give a score prediction, but I do think it's within that range uh, of the spread, as you just mentioned. And I go back to what Johnny talked about last segment, too, around Josh Jacobs getting comfortable and getting confidence in that offensive line. That's important, and I think that has to start early in this game. They have to establish the run early in this game. I like that they're back home. They spent last week in in West Virginia for bonding. But, you know, you're not at home. You're not in your own bed. You're not in your own facility. You're not getting ready for a game in your home stadium. I think maybe this is where we see them do it. Yeah, you can call me a glass half full on this, but but this is the time they do it. And, and to Jarrett's point about the matchup, they should be able to run the ball – on this Pittsburgh defense and establish it early.
2: And they have to. I, I, I make that imperative. I said it at the beginning of the show. I said it on my Bleach Report Live. Josh Jacobs has to be effective for them to win this game. They're not going to win this game by throwing the football 12 times to Devontae Adams. He may get his numbers, but the Steelers are going to say, we'll let Devontae Adams get his as long as he doesn't reach the end zone, but Josh Jacobs is not getting his and we'll make the Raiders offense one-dimensional. That is not the way to win football games against a good defense. The Raiders have to be a balanced attack. I hope we get to see it for the first time really this season because Josh Jacobs hasn't gotten going yet. But hopefully three weeks in, he starts to find his mojo and the Raiders' offense gets back on track.
0: Yes, and before we go to the defense, we have to see some improvement there. We got to see, especially against this anemic Steelers offense, we have to see that defensive line break through, man. We have to see it. You know, Brian Baldinger, our buddy Baldy here at Odyssey – did a really critical video of uh, Tyree Wilson. Um, it's, it's one play, but I get what he's saying. And, and it's, it's, it, that's the unfortunate part about the Chandler Jones situation, too, is they didn't get the chance, which we thought they would do and they probably had the plan to do, was to ease him in over time. But, Mo, we got to see something out of the front of that defense this week uh, for this team to start taking that next step.
2: Shout out to the Raider fans there on my Bleacher Report live on Wednesday. They came up, they, they kind of drummed up this idea that the Raiders need to shake up their defensive line because I had a graphic up and it showed all the, you know, the PFF grades of, you know, their defensive tackles. Now grades are subjective, but you don't need an eye test to understand that the Raiders interior of the defensive line has been playing pretty soft. Yeah. They gave up 183 rushing yards to the Buffalo Bills at about 5.2, 5.3 yards per carry. James Cook had 123 yards. You cannot have that type of run defense when you're going against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are usually a physical football team. So if Kenny Pickett isn't clicking, guess what? They're going to give the ball to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. So the the Raiders' defense, if they have to call up Nesta J. Severa, which was a suggestion in my Bleacher Report Live, I would like to see Nesta Jay get more snaps yep. this Sunday. We'll see if he does. I would like to see Isaac Rochelle, Isaac Rochelle still get more snaps. Now that you've opened up a roster spot with Chandler Jones on a non-football injury on that football illness list. I want to see another defensive lineman get more snaps because the guys that they've had out there haven't been getting the job done.
0: No. Yeah. And that includes Tillery. That includes Bilal Nichols. Bilal Nichols. They, Bilal Nichols. I mean, Art. just, you know, been disappointing all the way around since he was signed. So they need to mix it up. I think this is what I said about offense. And I wrote a piece up on Raider Ramble about Trey Tucker as well, that they should they should get him more involved because the the, the offense is not dynamic. And at least when they give him the ball, the guy's like a... Uh, a jet, right? You get him out there, even on the run, the jet sweep run that he had was huge. I mean, you, whatever you got to do to get that offense rolling, you got to do it. So you can't just stick with the guys. You need to get Hunter Renfro involved. You need to get Trey Tucker involved. And on the other side of the line, like you said, you need to mix in some of those guys, especially some of the young bucks, see what they got. I mean, what do you got to lose? You're not doing anything at this point. Right. So
2: Nessa Jasonville is my number one guy, Trey Tucker. When he's on the field, you got to respect his speed. You're correct about that.
0: Absolutely. All right, that's going to close it out for this show. We'll see how Sunday night football goes for the Raiders. Uh, either way, we'll be on live. Mo will be on live with the Bleacher Report app. Late night with Mo. M- late night, midnight with Midtown Mo. Oh, <laughs> yes, 3M's. Yes. Midnight. yes. Wait, <laughs> midnight. Oh, I don't have the sound effects today. Uh, midnight <laughs> with Midtown Mo. I needed a really deep voice because I can't. Let's see. Mid no, it's not going to work either. Oh wait, midnight no, it's not working. Damn it! Okay. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, midnight with Midtown Mo. You'll be on the app after right after the game, right? And then uh, Murph and I will be here as well, doing our post game. Probably probably a shorter one just because it's so late.
2: Can I say something, fans out there? Lighting up on Murph, man. I understand it was a tough that? loss against the Bills. Murph is such a positive guy. I hate to see him he's, get so much heat because he's a positive dude. And I I understand it's hard to be positive after a loss like that to the Bills. Yeah. But be nice to Murph when he when he's in for me on Sun uh, after the, on the post games. He's really a great guy <laughs> doing great work in the Raiders community. Regardless he if he's positive positive and super positive, and you think he's high on something after being so positive after a loss, get cut that man a break. He's been a Raider fan. He he's he's seen a lot of bad Raider football. And he's just I, – and I, I feel like it's, it's a long season. I'm sure he's probably said that, look, bad loss, long season. Let's calm down just a little bit.
0: Yeah, he said move past it. It's, it's over. What are you going to do? Uh, by yeah. the way, too, Murph is that positive in real life. Like, that's him. And so people can hate on him. He doesn't care, <laughs> which is good. But I care. It bothers me because he's the voice of the fan. These same people yeah. yelling about Murph are the ones telling me not to tell them how to fan, but they're telling him how to fan. It's kind of weird. But nonetheless, he's going to be on with us live. Go back. Last night I had fun. Big Corey and I on the PSF app in the Raiders room. <laughs> did a little live stream. If you missed that, go 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 check it out. We're also going to be doing the game live. So Sunday night during the game, throughout the whole game, Corey and I will be there and Hilarity will follow. I'm sure but we're oh, going to have fun on there. That's That's Raiders Uncensored, by the way. So I could actually use... I could use potty words, Mo. No. They're making Scott, fun of me. You saw Kelly Kreiner. Scott Unleashed. Scott Unleashed. <laughs> Scott unleashed. <laughs> it's going to be fun, but uh, so join us there. And then, of course, we'll be back with a new podcast on Tuesday, maybe a, a blitz on Monday, but mostly you listen to the post game show on Monday. So we'll be back for that. But make sure you follow Mo on Twitter, x.com ish ish, M O E M O T O N. I am at LV Gully. Mo. I will talk to you like this Tuesday, but I'm sure I'll be blowing up your phone like we usually do over the game.
2: Of course. Hopefully we're we're talking about a win because people are ready to go man overboard already.
0: (laughs) It's amazing after two weeks. But anyway, I understand it. They love their team. They're passionate. So we'll stick with them. All right. For our producer, Mike Robbie, for Momotin, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We'll talk to you guys next week. Raiders-Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Enjoy.